0: I'm a fun guy. Uh, Obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole (laughs) spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at.
1: Well, welcome back, peeps. This is the exclusive part-dose part dose. of Monson's story. I know we, we kind of got cut off a little bit just through timing and stuff, but we're excited to be back and to pick up where, where Monson left off. I know last time we left off of you going on your mission, that um, that story with a name I can't even pronounce. Sihle. 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 Anyways. Um... <laughs> And just kind of learning about how the man above is just just very aware of us mm. and that it it, t- it takes a couple of years a lot of the time to be able to look back and see how he's really influenced our lives. Mm. And if you don't believe in God, just, again, looking back and seeing how those bad experiences really have blessed the lives of you and others around you.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, just to touch one last thing before you continue. If there's anybody who, you know, is listening that's not necess- that's like more like atheist who doesn't believe in God, I think we all believe in something, whether it's yourself or whatever it is. You look back and you kind of see, like, oh, the grand scheme of things led me, so on and so forth. And if you believe in God, then you obviously can relate. Um, but if you don't, you just relate it in your situation. Um, it doesn't make you any less, just so you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs>
1: but yeah i mean let's kind of get started here i know when you got home from your mission that was what two-ish years ago almost three almost or almost three. four
0: almost what year is it 2022 yeah i got home 2019 december cool. so, so, like so almost three year. years So almost three years gee i always want to tell people that's the last thing like what are you up to oh i just came home <laughs> but it's been a minute so yeah. I, guess I haven't done anything cool since then um... <laughs> oh, you've done plenty
1: of cool things <laughs> but uh yes yes I guess yeah, home 20, 2019 yeah. yeah my first question I know we'll just kind of dive right in if that's okay with you yes sir yes sir um, yeah coming back from your mission what what was life looking like um, had family dynamics changed at all because I know that was a little rough right before you left with the car accident and everything hmm. things were a little shaky or kicked out of the house all that yeah. kind of stuff it was it was it was a mess it was a mess yeah so coming home like i'm sure as most missionaries come home they're like my life's gonna be awesome i'm gonna be the best person ever i'm gonna like <laughs> yep. for me i didn't talk to my family because i was nervous of like making like picking fights and stuff so i was just like <laughs> super quiet it's gonna be kind i, nice, I remember quiet. like i didn't talk like the first two weeks, I was home because I was like didn't want to get in any fights. Yeah, yeah. And like my parents were concerned about me. They're like, "Are you okay?" My mom's like, "Evan, go go for a walk with Hayden. Let's like make sure he's okay before we <laughs> we drive back home and leave him alone to fend for himself." That's hilarious. It's like take me for a little walk, and things were okay. I was fine. Just was like, just didn't want to, didn't want to pick any fights. Yeah, I tell you right now, <laughs> the twelve-hour drive from Calgary to Utah. That provokes a lot of anger, Anger. (laughs) anger anger-provoking things. Especially with your siblings. Bro, I can't even mean to explain it. But yeah, (laughs) so for you, what what was was it like just kind of
0: coming back? Um, It was, initially, it's so exciting. Like the greatest feeling. Just to put it into perspective for those of you who don't know, once again, two years, I've said that a bunch, but two whole years of your life with very limited contact home, back in our
1: days it was <laughs> yeah four it. phone calls home a year. via skype yes in those two years oh yes within the two years yeah on mother's day and christmas christmas yep they don't like the fathers as much i guess yeah uh, yeah, shame that's that day you know
0: but um so yeah only four times within two years really had i seen my family or spoken with them other than email i'd email them every week right um but yeah so i don't know you've been gone for so long i was in a
1: Third world country, and it's like you just change, and you're such a different person. Would you say it's more of a culture shock going there or coming home? <laughs> Honestly at the time coming home Dude, because coming I sounded like a doofus. Everybody was like,
0: "What are you saying?" I, I, st- st- I my still my accent don't know what was wack. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But my accent was super whack whacker than it is now, and it just it's so the way you would associate with people and such like like it's just different. It's just different.
1: Totally. And then to put it in a more
0: perspective. That whole two years, you have no social media. It's not like I have a phone and I'm just texting people all the time. You got like a
1: Motorola T9 texting piece of
0: garbage. Yes, and we share the phone. You and your companion at the time. Companion in the
1: sense of somebody who comes out with you. I mean, it's nice because it is a brick. No, totally. You can't break those things.
0: Do throw that thing across the Nokia,
1: man. The only way it breaks (laughs) is if you...
0: I don't even know, like cut the SIM card in half. Dude, you'd have to blow it up with a nuclear bomb. I, that are, might just, do trick. I dropped it in the toilet several times, and it's totally fine. <laughs> Maybe I should get another one. It's kind of fun. Honestly. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, just, I mean, two whole years of, of living that lifestyle where every day you do the same thing. You wake up, you go out, you help people, you come home, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, you pray, and then you go to bed, and it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> And it's really, it, it's so amazing. You change your life so much. Anywho. So yes, coming home, very very exciting. Um, I had been gone. What I imagined in my mind, what it felt like at the time, was the song from Hercules. Um, Which one? There's a
1: fire, mm-hmm. <laughs> where my heroes welcome will be waiting for me. Anyway, that's what it
0: felt like, and you're just like. I'm a man, <laughs> and my, <laughs> my facial my facial features finally came in, where like I was no longer just a little boy, but like I had a chin now. Puberty I, hit. Yeah, finally. Pu- you know, you, you start growing mustache. You know, Gross. so I came back and it just you're totally a different person. You haven't seen your family in two friggin' years, and so coming home, thankfully a lot of them were just there at the airport. It was very exciting. Um, I had a goal coming home to. Fix the family dynamic. <laughs> and once again, I just spent two whole years fixing people's lives and, and helping people in their family dynamics, right? So coming home, it was also is exciting, but it was also stressful because I knew there's challenges at home that I have to deal with. My whole two years has been focused on other people, not myself. Right. Like, you don't care what you look like, really. You're just like, I just wake up. I go help people. I come home. That's that. And that's it. Right. You don't really think of yourself a whole ton other than just like, things that annoy you and stuff but other than that you're really you know so when you come home just the fear I'm like I don't want to be too selfish when I come home because it's like I want to be successful I got to go to school I got to do all these things and now you all of a sudden have problems (laughs) so coming home was very exciting but it was stressful at the same time because you're like the real world's back (laughs) I miss missionary land where I just served people all day so came home and my goal was to live at my parents house um for a little bit you know and fix the fix fix the situation <laughs> um fix 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 my relationship with my stepmom and at the start i thought it was going really well she was excited for me to come home and i moved in and uh they had new carpet in my room Ooh. and a new bed and they must really like it. it was I apparently and uh it was awesome and I was like wow this is okay things are looking up uh well that lasted for about two weeks (laughs) maybe a week and a half and then what there was a really wild situation which I'm not I'm not gonna really share but there was a wild situation that led to a very quick argument and me and my stepmom got into a huge fight and I don't know just the overwhelming like I just left for two years to live on my own to do really hard things all day every day yeah. I, I, and, and like I don't want to sound like a big shot but like I really worked really hard while I was there and because it was all I had I was like this is what I want and this is what I want to help people I want people to be happy so I'm going to work as hard as I can every single day and after what you been through exactly so like like, that's what drove me every day totally i was just like i have to you know prove that i can help people that life must go on that life must go on exactly so that's your whole life and i came home a lot more mature and had a better view of things in the world and myself and just was doing well personally and then i came home and got into this huge fight with lisa huge and i was just overwhelmed like i just spent two years of my life serving and now I'm dealing with this already, and I couldn't, and so I said I'm I'm out of here. <laughs> I literally remember sitting here. I I'm a head out. By the way, just so everybody knows, we are in my parents' house right now. <laughs> my dad's out of town, um, so I'm, I'm I'm at the parents' house right now. The same house that I came, moved into, and left. I'm back here. And uh, how's it feel? Uh, you know, it's good. It's good time. I'm, you know, memories. <laughs> <laughs> You're like yeah, yeah. You know, stress, but uh i came home and I got in that huge fight, and I remember sitting there at the bottom of the steps my once again my parents were out of town, believe it or not, so it just happened just like the car accident oh boy and out of town again something was bound to happen, yep, and uh the whole situation happened, and I just remember that night I was like i'm I am leaving, and so before my parents even came home, I packed my stuff and left and called Dinez, my boy. <laughs> said, <laughs> so, Devin, I need a place to stay, dude. Can I come over? And he lived at his grandparents' house at the time. So I go over to Dinez's house. Now, granted, just to put it all into perspective, everybody, once again, just to emphasize it, wanted to do something that was good. And this is to teach a lesson as well. This is part of what I'd like to share. I wanted to do something that was good. Go on a two-year service to help people and to change their lives and to make their lives a little bit better. Um that is a good thing to do and not to say I'm a great person for it, but it is a good desire. Right. And you're like, okay, God blesses those who do good things. Right. Right. Yeah, That's I how it recommend
1: anyone of any religion that can go out and serve and preach the oh, good word, hundred percent, please do it. We it, need more. the world needs it. Exactly. And so
0: it's a good thing and I had good desires. And so in my mind, as much as I don't want to expect, blessings necessarily or like you do something for someone you don't want to expect anything in return but low-key you kind of do and a little bit you're like it's human nature it's human nature right you're like i'm doing really hard work if i could get a little you know hand me down
1: or something (laughs) you know (laughs) but
0: uh so that 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 just to portray what what my thoughts were and so i i leave and i'm sitting at Dinez's house and he was dating his wife now but they were dating at the time so he was busy and I was just sitting in his grandma's house and I love this for their family but just alone within a week and a half of being home and just sitting there and
1: just like man this is so annoying kind of like back to square one back to square is that what one that kind of felt that's like ex-
0: that's exactly what it felt like I was like Jeez. I'm really doing this again I was like we just two years ago this exact same thing happened just had this massive high and now we're yep <laughs> and so out of the house got humbled down really quick and he does up. that to you, doesn't he? Yeah, he, you know he's got to because I need it. I need it. If if he didn't humble me or put me in situations that would humble me, hey, I'd be way too overconfident. I'd be a wild child. Um, he needs me somewhere. That's how I that's how I look at it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, he's grounding you. He's grounding you. So yeah, so he's that like that I can, you're, you're better. not leaving here. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry, but you're not. It's true. <laughs> um,
0: and anyway, so there I am and other than that situation Life was pretty good, but it was very stressful. And I didn't talk. This was the longest period that I had not talked with my stepmom. My dad, once again, just a saint, he would do things for me from time to time, bring me random stuff and drop it off at my house where I was living. And he just was always there. Um, His situation, like, I don't blame a lot of people. I don't want you to think, like, why didn't he do something about it? But, like, he'd already been through a divorce and long, long history of challenges. And so. All right, once again, don't hold anything against and stubborn and stubborn. Exactly. So, you know, he's got a, and, and he's also a fixer as, as a man, as a man's man. So he just wanted everybody to be happy. Right. And at the time I was happier not being at the home or not being associated with my he, stepmom.
1: He was okay with that.
0: Yes, exactly. And I was okay with that. So it was a mutual thing. Anywho. So he would do stuff like that, but that was the longest period of time in my whole life that I didn't talk to Lisa. We, I didn't see her ever. Um, like I'd see her at the rec center as I was shooting hoops in the morning or something, and I would just duck my head and be like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that," and I walk away. <laughs> and uh, you know, or if they did happen, one time they did catch me at the gym, and I just said, "Hey, what's up? How's it going?" Yeah, it's been six months, and you haven't texted me, you haven't called me, you haven't Fed seen me, how I'm doing. exactly me exactly. Yeah, but you know, anywho. So it was a little weird at the time, but once again, I was just trying to put it behind and, and focus on what other things. I needed to do coming home, um, so I was working, and then I started dating a girl, I started dating, um, I've mentioned her before, I started dating Lizzie, <laughs> and uh, it, it, that was a really good experience, we dated for a pretty long time, like 10, 11 months, and during that time, I don't know, I was really grateful that, that she was there, because I needed it, I needed somebody, and I needed help, I got a sales job doing door to door sales um, for the people that are listening that are from Provo. I know it's the most Provo bro thing you ever heard. Listen, I needed money and I needed it fast <laughs> <laughs> because to put it in perspective, I got kicked out of the house and I just spent two years. So obviously I have no money. So I came home and had no money and lived on my own and not to say what was me, but like insurance, housing, Clothes, food, all of that stuff, I pay, I pay for everything. And I know a lot, like I'm talking phone, the stuff that like people are like, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm independent. I'd pay for my stuff. But it's like, yeah, but at the same time, you know, your parents have your insurance and you know, they pay your phone bill. And-, and that's,
1: I mean, that's very typical, right? <laughs> like, exactly. Right. They're like, yeah, my parents want me to pay for college. You're like, okay, but yes, they help me with my car insurance. Exactly. And they or, pay or my for car my payment. Phone, yeah, exactly. Like all that kind of stuff. So all of that out the window, I pay for all of
0: school car the car i bought thankfully my brother it was his old car and he sold it to me for cheap because well it's not worth a bunch (laughs) but uh it's got a great paint job yeah oh dude well at the time that truck you see out front yeah that's what i drove oh really when i came home was that the one your brother gave to you Uh, no no that one was my stepdad actually
1: okay he offered that like a hundred (laughs) bucks you're like sold it's it's the most beater truck you've ever seen in your life I don't think those tires work anymore.
0: No, not a chance. It's, it's so, like, literally, there's no paint. So old. And the gas meter doesn't even work, so I ran out of gas all the time. Anywho. Oh, that's right. It was the worst. I'm, like, stuck <laughs> on the highway. Anywho. So I'm driving this really, really crappy... You don't fill up anyways. Yes. So I'm driving this really, really crappy little truck and have no money. Started working at this... I started working at the convention center again because I needed a job quick. So I started working there, and I wasn't happy. That job shucked. So then I started doing sales. So I get this job in sales. Um, and in all honesty, you guys hear me talking. Hayden knows me personally. The way I communicate with people. I'm very good with people. Um, mm-hmm. But door-to-door sales is not my game, if I'm being honest. As much as like you'd imagine
1: me to be good at that, like in Excel, I didn't. My guess is it's shallow. Well, it is a little shallow. Not Not in the sense that like what you're doing isn't valuable. just the connections you're making with people. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Exactly. I'm I'm selling fetching pest control. Like who cares? (laughs) So like, do you want a product I really don't
0: need? Yeah. uh, And I'm selling it in Utah where like houses are plenty clean and it's just like, you don't need this. And I'm offering it to, I'm sorry. Just take it, please. (laughs) I need the money. Yeah. And so everybody that, split the commission. Everybody that did buy from me, like it was a hundred percent their choice. Like they wanted it because I didn't try to convince nobody of nothing.
1: You're like listen, I know you don't need this. Here's here's what I got. <laughs> but if you want it, just for the one aunt you saw crawling around. Yeah, oh,
0: gee man. So yeah, it's just bad. And uh, so as I'm doing door to door sales, that's when I met that girl, and we started dating. And during the time, the the issue, not the issue, but with sales, you get paid throughout the week of doing sales. Uh, throughout your two weeks, whatever, but the bulk of your commission comes at the end of the season, so you don't get any money until later. And so really? one, yeah, so like I'm getting money every two weeks based off of my weekly sales, but okay. like I wasn't doing that great, so I wasn't getting a ton of money, but I at least had a little bit. and then um, <laughs> then eventually I'm just waiting for my full payment to come, which didn't come until like October. October? Like, yeah, October, is December. That
1: the, I, th- I would assume the end of the season is like uh, August. Oh, no. You, so it's
0: like all the way down. So you work from May, June, July, August. And then, yeah, the rest of your payment, the back end of it comes in like October, end of the year. Okay. Or was it even? It might have even been December, like Christmas. Holy crap. <laughs> Anywho, so that's when it comes. So I thought I would excel and I thought that I would do really well. Didn't. And, oh, boy, here comes the financial stress. So... Once again, home from the mission, got kicked out, had no money, didn't talk to my parents forever. The girl that I was dating was like, are you going to go to school? And I was like, huh, I've thought about it, but I haven't really
1: thought about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I haven't like put into perspective, oh, do I need to go to school?
1: Well, I mean, you didn't really have I didn't someone, have- an example of someone who really exactly. did, right? Like exactly. Like your, your dad didn't. Dad didn't. My brother, two. I have two brothers that went
0: to school. Okay. Um. But that's it in our whole family. Yeah. And uh, so they're old and married, so it's a little hard. I don't know. You just have to figure some things out on your own sometimes. Right. And so she brought it up, and I was like, oh, yeah. Holy crap, I need a, yeah. And the deadline was like a week away. So I'm like, I need to sign up. Dude, scariest thing of my life because all the money that I had, (laughs) gone in an instant. And then I had a little bit left, and I was like, eesh. And I had to move out eventually. After sales, they provided an apartment for me to stay in. Um, for a couple months and then I'm going to school and I was like, okay, I need another place to stay. And that's when I met Hayden because I moved into the apartment complex right across the street from him. Um, and when I moved in there, the deposit, like the security deposit was expensive. And it about run me bankrupt oh, no! So I'm getting there And I was like Okay I can pay I was like Oh yeah That's not, not too bad they're Like rent's not bad And then I'll have that. a little bit left They're like We want
1: three months worth of rent yeah, like, ex- Up front right <laughs> now In cash Exactly like, Isn't that a little shady We yeah. don't care
0: Yeah exactly And so I'm like Oh fetch I didn't put that into perspective So paying that Bro Bank account down to like A hundred bucks <laughs> Now remember I got a phone bill to pay I got School to not pay A car <laughs> Car so I'm like, I'm so screwed. <laughs> like I'm so screwed. I don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> no. And I'm not gonna go back to the parents for help, not a chance. Um, and I, I, I that, this is where my pride kicks. I'm not gonna go to my family. It's just hard, you know. Like I'm not gonna be
1: like, "Hey, I need a." That's where the pops comes out in you.
0: Exactly. This is where my dad, his example. You see, I was being stubborn as crap, and uh, so I'm. Two hours later. Sorry everybody, our recorder totally just died, <laughs> and so we're just gonna pick back up. We just put in new batteries, whatever. Um, we're talking about. We're talking about Justin. Osteoporosis. Osteo. <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest nickname. Anywho, um, for every, for anyone who has osteoporosis, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> just a nickname. Anywho, uh, Justin was my roommate at the time, and I remember he'd be like, "Yeah, I just like let's." I don't know, he'd offer, He'd be like, let's do this or let's go on this adventure date, whatever. And I'd just be like, my boy, <laughs> there's no way I can pay for any of that, my dude. <laughs> like, it was so intense. Um, and I hated asking for it. I hated just not being able to take care of it. And I, I just hated having that stress. And so the way that it ended up going was I was working. Um, doing sales, like I said, I moved into this place and so now I'm, I'm broke, broke because I paid all that rent and then started paying for school as well. And so I'm broke as crap and I didn't make enough money. I got a new job through a friend at Gab Wireless. You guys ever heard of Gab Wireless? Safe phones for kids. Beautiful thing. Um, good on them. You know, they do a lot of good things. It's cool. But, uh, I didn't enjoy the job very much, but it was cool. So I got a job at Gab Wireless, which then I later got a job for Justin and his now wife, Laney and their brother, Avery, Avery, the guy who used to work. Do they all work at Gab? Yeah, they all work at Gab. No and So, way. so it started a nice chain reaction, and it, it felt good to help these guys out and get them all these cool jobs. And Justin's still there, and he's like interning. They're all still there. In fact, Justin, his wife, Avery, my, my old podcast guy, you remember? He works there. Shout out my boy. Um, anywho, so, yeah, they all started working at Gab, and – at Gab, I didn't make enough money to pay for both school and rent at the same time. My family situation—I thought I would be able to get money from school, like FAFSA. Didn't get
1: anything. Are you serious? Well,
0: it, it is weird. It doesn't make any sense because it's like—it's just dumb because it's like it goes off of your parents' income. Parents' income, and it's so like with my dad, you know, not much at all. Yeah, and then. I don't know. It just it just was a pain. I didn't get any FAFSA. I just was Weird. so mad. They offered me a loan. <laughs> I said, I'm not taking your stupid loan. Give me money. I'm broke. Anywho. Yeah. But uh, it's a long process, and it's a pain in the butt, and it took a long time just to get a rejection pretty much, which was a little annoying. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I have to pay for school. I can do that. I can do that. The only way that I could pay for school is thankfully – prior to this while i was doing sales i had gotten myself a credit card and i'm not absurd i'm financially smart and when it comes to you don't overspend what you don't have so i just use my credit card for time to time pay it off every month of course and uh thankfully i had this credit card and shout out to my brother jamba and his wife caitlin love you guys so much because you guys are the ones who told me to get a credit card um (laughs) yeah yeah they talked to me about it you should get a credit card whatever thank you guys it saved my life at the time So what I would do is school was with the initial payment for like how much it costs and then the other stupid things like parking and books and all the BS they charge you for that they're just the worst. Yeah. Um, It was probably like a thousand bucks a month (laughs) or like a semester or a term, whatever they call it. I can't even remember. I can't even remember. A thousand bucks, okay, and then on the flip side, I got to pay rent, which wasn't too bad, it was like 470 something. I don't know, but both of those together with the money I was making at Gab, starting at zero dollars, which is what I was at, I couldn't pay both of those at the same time, and so I would pay all of school on the credit card, and then by the time the next month came, I had more money from my paycheck that I could pay off my credit card and do it again. (laughs) And so, the credit card gave me enough time to make enough money to then pay it off. Right. So, I had a little system down, but it was awful. And at the time, groceries, oh my goodness, I did not buy groceries for a long time. I just went off of what I had, stopped by my Like, just people's houses. Your second mother's? Yeah, exactly. I'd snag a can of beans, bring it home, eat it. (laughs) I really didn't buy groceries forever. Um, And most of the meals I would eat would be at my girlfriend's house with her family. Thankfully, amazing, amazing people. Um, They would feed me often, and she would always be making me something good, which was great. And then prior to that, I would go to, like, you know, all my moms, like you're saying. They would feed me stuff. Dinez's family, his auntie, she gave me this cooler, (laughs) like a wheeled cooler. They were just getting rid of some stuff. They are moving. And so she sent a big text out in the family group chat. And it's like, who wants this? Who wants this? And everybody's just pretty much just auctioning them off, like snagging them, you know? And so she puts this cooler on. And I was like, oh, I'm snagging that cooler. It looks sick. And so she's like, I'll give it to you, sweet. So I go to pick it up a couple days later. And she put inside of it. Like a couple apples, um, and then like a hundred granola bars, and then a few like water bottles or something. She's like, I just wanted you to have a little something. I was like, Oh, thanks, Amber. You're such a sweetie. Um, And she really is. She's so awesome. Awesome. And so I take that back home, and pretty much most of the food that I ate, if I didn't like take the moment and be like, Okay, I have enough money to go out to eat today, I would just eat granola bars. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I ate so <laughs> many stupid granola bars.
1: It's getting not even, gains. Oh, I'm um, right?
0: getting gains for days. Gains of high fructose corn syrup is what I was getting. Gains of sugar. Oh, gosh. Like, no matter how healthy they try to portray a granola bar, it's not healthy at all. Um, <laughs> so I really just didn't eat a lot. And then every once in a while, I'd get something. So, like, I don't know. I'd just wait it out and be like, don't worry. Lizzie's family's going to take care of me. <laughs> And I go, I go over to her house, and they they feed me something, and that's how life was for a, a, a while. Trying to build up, Man. it's hard to save money when you have to spend it on school and food, food and, and housing. Rent. Like, yeah. it's hard to save money, especially just just starting from zero was the was the hardest part. Was just not having any money in the first place, and then buying all that stuff. That that definitely was the hardest part. Um, it's something that. Uh, I don't know, very humbling to me to be happy and, and well and then all of a sudden I just had nothing Yeah. <laughs> and i was so broke. And uh, anywho, sorry, I was getting a little distracted, everybody. There was some commotion in the background, I was a little distracted. But back on track. So I'm eating these granola bars forever and ever and it just sucked. But thankfully I had people there to take care of me, people that were really cool and, and treated me well. And so during this time, life was pretty stressful. I slowly started getting a little bit more money. And then eventually comes Christmas time. um, And uh, my money came from sales. (laughs) So now I'm like, ah, thank the man above. I can breathe. (laughs) And once again, I was dating a girl at the time. So, I mean, I can get her a gift. (laughs) I can, you know, at least show some love and affection. affection, Right. And so. (laughs) I just, you know, like, I was like, oh, thankfully I can finally just relax a little bit. And that was really the first time that I was like, okay, I can do okay. Because now I'm not, I don't have to stress every single week how much money I spend on this and that and that. I can
1: can go to the grocery store. I can go to the grocery (laughs) store and buy myself food. Oh, You can buy your
0: own my granola own? bars exactly granola bar- except by that point i was like i am done with these stupid granola bars you moved on to what cheese sticks <laughs> uh probably <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah that was an awesome day and that christmas was really sweet um i spent it with her family they were really awesome that's probably the most gifts i've gotten in my whole life and on any occasion any occasion from them that is awesome they gave me some awesome i was so so grateful so uh, if they're listening I don't know if they do assume they don't but if they are Love you guys. Um, So that was really cool, and it was a good experience. And then it was shortly after this where, once again, things turned. So my whole life it seems to go through this wavelength pattern where down in the dumps and then things start to work out, and I'm like, yeah, I can breathe, I'm doing good. Things start to get a lot better. Um,
1: Uh Uh-oh, here we go.
0: Maybe I'm getting a little my timeline's getting a little mixed up in my brain. Christmas was great. We moved forward. We, me and this gal were dating and it was going really well and we were having a really good time together and, uh, things were going forward. And then I had at this point a little bit more communication with my stepmom. Mm-hmm. So at this point we had been talking a little bit more occasionally. Is this like right around when COVID hit? Eh, no, it was a long time after. After I started dating her around COVID, and then it was so it was Christmas, COVID Christmas. Oh, so 2020. Yes, yeah, so Christmas. 2020 Christmas, and then after that, 2021. So 2021 so last year. now. Yeah,
1: so still COVID, okay. but not the initial. So I'm like thinking you got back from your mission 2019, like that Christmas was that December. Oh so this no, is good. no! we're a year ahead. Gotcha. Yeah, so
0: when I came home, I spent Christmas here when I first came home because okay. it was five days after I got home. I got home the 20th. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so okay. thankfully I had Christmas here first. So this is a year later after coming home okay. is when I'm with her family. A couple months later, things are going really well. Um, then I heard, once again, I hadn't talked with them much, but I had heard that my mom had gotten really sick and that she'd been having a lot of pain and she'd been having a lot of like just a sickness that they didn't really understand. And she was on pain pills and they were just messing with her and causing depression and these things. And I'm like, I don't know exactly what's going on. And so one day I came and visited my dad. And oh, sorry. I was at school and I'm walking down the halls of UVU and I got a phone call from my mom, from my stepmom. And I'm like,
1: oh boy. You're like, what? You that was weird. I haven't never heard from me. Yeah, I
0: haven't heard from her in a while. And she sounds very strange on the phone um and kind of sporadic with her tone and kinda of all over the place and Okay. I can tell she's in like she's a little petrified. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what's up? And she said, I'm thinking that like we should we should get together and, and talk about things and I was like uh, Okay. In my mind I'm like, I don't wanna do that <laughs> like I mentioned I wanna have the <laughs> I'm sorry talk, I don't but the fact that she was reaching out and trying you know i was like yeah totally like we can we can talk so i was like yeah and she said you could just come by the house sometime later today i was like yeah i can hung up the phone i was with my friend at the time and he's like who's that i said that was lisa and he's like oh really and i was like yeah I anywho i gotta go <laughs> so i go over to the house and it was really really intense um i came in and saw her and she was in all honesty like a completely different human like completely not herself she had gotten this disease called tinnitus which just leaves pretty much like a consistent ringing and pain in your ear jeez um in fact the same situation happened with the Texas roadhouse owner he had the same thing i read about it later okay um And it led to the same thing too. But, uh, so she had tinnitus and she was trying to get that taken care of, but just weeks and weeks of hearing ringing in your ear, like drive you crazy, drive you crazy, start losing your mind. Um, as I said, she was difficult to get along with. She had a lot of, uh, you know, problems as far as anxieties and depressions prior to this. And, Unfortunately, she did hold throughout her whole life a lot of grudges. Um, and I really think that tinnitus was just the start, but it unpacked years and years and years of held-in trauma that she'd never taken care of. Wow. And I really think that had she have you know, done things a little bit differently as far as forgiveness and stuff like that, because as much as I love my mom, it was this day that I'm talking about when she told me to come over. That was the first time in my entire life that she'd said sorry to me, my whole life. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Or like a, you know, she never really said like, oh, like never in my entire life. Um, And so I just felt like it was years and years and years of built up just what she'd been holding inside. And then this tinnitus and the pain meds just triggered it. And she couldn't sit still. Her hands were shaking she would sit down untie her shoes tie them again stand up walk around pace she kept repeating herself over and over again so just legitimately just losing her mind just completely um and was a completely different person but i remember in this situation like i said first time she ever apologized and she just said monster i'm sorry for the stuff i'd done in in your life and the problems that i've caused you and I'm I'm there with her and my dad and she's just pacing around the room and barely, I can't understand everything she's saying, but that's yeah. what she said. And she said, I'm sorry for this and that. And of course, like seeing her in that state and just, I don't know. I didn't, like I said, I don't hold grudges. So it's just like, well, mom, it's, it's totally fine. I don't want you to worry about it at all. That should be the last of your worries right now. Right. You're obviously ill. Like we need to fix this. Nothing that you've ever done to me has ever made me like hate you or, you know, anything like, like I, I love you for for who you are. You just needed space. Just needed, yeah, exactly. Just needed a gap, which sometimes is healthy. Um, So I, you know, I had beef at times with her, but it wasn't like anything that ever made me say, I hate my mom, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. You have to forgive everybody because everybody goes through hard things and makes mistakes. And she's had, you know, tough situations in her life that caused her to be the way that she was. And so I try to look at it like that, where I'm like, you know, if she hadn't had this experience, she probably wouldn't act like this So. I should at least give her the benefit of the doubt. But that doesn't mean you have to be around it. Obviously, if something's causing you toxicity, you should avoid it. Right. But you do give people the benefit of the doubt. And if it causes you too many problems, then you move out like me (laughs) and try and figure it out. And then, anywho, so she's talking to me and and it was the first time I realized how sick she actually was. And so I remember talking to some siblings about it and I was just like, hey, I don't like she's going through a lot right now. Um, and, and she's not doing well and I'm not going to get into other details. There was a lot that happened between that point and what it led to. There was a lot, um, that maybe one day if you guys get to know me, I'll share with you. (laughs) But, uh, fast forward a little bit and she just kept being sick and was having a really hard time with pain meds and stopped eating as much and she was getting really thin and, uh, my dad doesn't you know he didn't know how to help necessarily because it's unhelpable it's something they don't have a cure for they don't have you know there's nothing that can fix it yeah as as of as of the moment some people have been able to get over it just randomly or they found something that fixed it or but hers was just so much more severe that it just is unfixable and so my dad actually would he took off like 3 months of work and wow. just would be with her 24/7 pretty much and he laid on the stairs upstairs because he snored too loud and she couldn't sleep. (laughs) So he would sleep as an old, he's like 58, 59, by the way. So as a 57 year old guy slept on the floor outside of the room just to be there with her, because at this point she had attempted suicide and she had thoughts of suicide um, because of the sickness. When she was sane, would that thought ever occur? No, she was never like that, no matter how angry or other mental illnesses that she had had in her past, um, clinical and unclinical, whatever, she never would consider suicide. When you got that ring in your ears 24-7? E- exactly. Seconds. And so time goes forward, and one morning from one of my friend's moms, <laughs> I get a phone call at work. And uh, I, I, not at work. It was on a Sunday morning. Um, and I got a phone call from McCade's mom And she said, hey, Monson, there's – she knew the situation. She knew what was kind of going on. So she calls and says, hey, Monson, there's some ambulances at your dad's house. Um, I think you should probably get over there quick. And so this is pretty early in the morning. It was like 7, so I was going to sleep in a little longer. And I get up and instantly run to my car. I'm trying to call my brother and just being like, hey, something's going on. But nobody was answering because he works night shifts. Anywho, so I run over to the house and – As I'm driving, I'm going super fast because I know something's really bad, and I'm going super fast, I'm bobbing in and out of cars, and I got to a point where there was one spot where I couldn't get around this car, and I was just so angry and annoyed that he's in my way, but I paused and all of a sudden had kind of an out-of-body experience where I paused, and in my mind, I already knew what had happened. And it was almost as if God was whispering to me, like, you're going to have, the main focus is your two younger siblings. I need you to go there and and, and and be a light. And so I'm like, okay. So I paused a little bit and just breathed it out. And then I go, get to the house. And I got there right as the uh, ambulance was just leaving. So I pulled up and parked, and then the ambulance drove past me. Okay. Um, and I get out of the car And I don't want to go into too much detail, but I get out of the car, and I walk up to... And I see a bunch of police officers at the house, and I walk up to my dad, and all over his shirt there's a bunch of blood, and his hands are covered in blood. And I have no idea what's going on. Um, So I'm talking with him, and he's not an emotional person. It's the first time, really, I'd ever seen him cry very intensely. And he's just holding on to me, and she, that morning, just had gotten a hold of a gun and she had shot herself in the chest um and so at the time when the hospital came or when the ambulance came she was still alive and then when the ambulance took her to the hospital she was still alive Um, and it was in the hospital probably about 20 minutes later where she passed away um and so this all happened in the house where i wish i would have been and where my two younger siblings are, who have it a lot worse as far as emotionally. Um, My little brother is very young. And then my little sister, you know, it's just traumatic to be in the house with stuff like that happening. And so they had to hear everything, and they were just there. And so it was a really, really awful, awful experience. Happened in this house? In this house, yep. And so the rest of the day, I remember just... A complete shock obviously and it's not ever, anything anybody expects and I'm trying to help my little siblings make sure that they feel okay and trying to help my dad because the police are asking him all kinds of questions and all this stuff and it was just a horrible horrible experience and it was a horrible experience for quite some time obviously as you can assume and if you guys remember when I was doing the podcast and it paused for a long time this is when it happened was during that pause and It was, once again, just a moment where things get real. They get very real. And you have to look inside of yourself and say, what do I actually believe? What do I actually want with my life? It's in those moments where when we're high on top of the world, we don't necessarily think, like, "You know, the actions that I'm doing right now, do they affect other people? I don't know. But when you go through those hard moments that make things real, you pause and say, what do I believe and, and what am I going to do with myself in this situation or how am I going to help somebody or yeah. it's just, it really hones your brain in. And for a couple of weeks, it was really tough. Um, the funeral was a good experience as far as everybody was there. And I remember at the funeral, I made a decision inside of my own little heart. I just remember so many people getting up and giving a little speech and, so many people saying, oh, I, I just wish that this could happen, or I wish I could have done this, or I wish this would have been better this way. And I got up and spoke my little piece and just kind of assured people, I said, let us all make this an experience that teaches us that we don't want to live our lives saying, I wish, I will never again do something and say, I wish I would have done this. Totally. I wish I could have been there for this person. If there's somebody in need of help, you need to help and you need to do it fast. Um, and that's not saying everybody's going to commit suicide or it's going to be this dramatic, but you never want to be in a situation where you say, I wish I could have done more. Um, obviously we'll have somewhat of a regret no matter what situation happens. But if you know in your heart, hey, I did my best. And in this situation specifically, because I had struggled with my stepmom and because we had had challenges in our relationship, it made it a little bit worse um, in the sense of some people might think, oh, it makes it easier. But no, it made it it's kind of the opposite because at the time, I said, I wish. And I wish I could have been there. And I wish I would have been more patient. And I wish so on and so forth. And I don't hold that on myself because it's unhealthy too. But here's what I learned from it. That kind of digs a really sad pit And I'm sorry if anybody's just listening And is depressed now But what I learned from it Is really really remarkable for me I remember about a week later After the funeral Just sitting there And I It felt as if Because of the situation My body, my mind, my spirit Had been lifted to a level That in any other situation I, just, I couldn't get to on my own So it felt as if God almost said, I need you to be better for your siblings. I need you to be stronger for your family. And he lifted me up. And all of a sudden, my mind, my senses were very keen. That's what it felt like. And I remember looking at my little brother. And I realized, I said, you know, I have a little brother who needs a lot of help. He's young. He's growing. And, you know, he's had problems at home, too. And now he's seen his older brother leave the house because he's upset with mom. Right. he's seen a lot of hard things already. And I remember looking at him and saying, the good that comes from this is that now I have the time to spend with him. And because my mom and I's relationship wasn't poor, I couldn't be at the house. But now I have an opportunity to be at the house and to be with my little brother yeah. and to help him and to you know, better his life and to be with my dad more often. And I'm not always over here and I don't always come and visit all the time, but I am there and I'll show up and I'll hang out, play Xbox with my little brother, you know, I'm sure he loves it. (laughs) He loves it. You know how he saw him playing super smash Bros. He destroys you. He's so good. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, now my, my little sister, as traumatic as this experience is, she's able to, to, to take that and, and use it uh, almost as like a drive to be a little bit better. And, I remember just having a clear moment where God taught me that because of this terrible experience, things are going to get better, and things are going to be okay. And although, once again, well, not once again, but God doesn't make bad things happen. He can't. Bad things happen, and then he helps us with them.
1: Yeah, kind of like what I talked about. Exactly. Just like, yeah, Yeah. it's nobody's
0: fault. There's nobody to blame. Just accidents. Just accidents. And from that, he takes that situation and helps us. And I just remember looking at all the possibilities that could come from this. And it was very strange because it had just been like a week. So you think I'm just mourning and and everything like that. But I don't know. Here's one thing that's very kind of personal to me, but I think it'll teach everybody a big lesson. It's just that sometimes to be able to help somebody overcome a challenge, they go through challenges... To open their mind up to forgiving others, to, in Lisa's case, forgiving others. Um, without that challenge, would she have ever let go of those grudges? Without that challenge, would she have ever gone through, you know, that last bit of just love? Um, that's a really hard way to look at it, but it's the only thing that makes sense. And so I take that experience and I use it to just remind me that life's precious and important and I don't always have it on my mind all the time, but it's always a good thing to look back on and say, I know life's very, very precious and I know that life's very short, especially for some people who go through hard, hard things. And so I need to do with the time that I have, I need to do everything that I can with it to be able to... Live a good life to help other people along the way and and to to be an example and to be a light to others And so thankfully The morning didn't last forever It lasts for other people a lot longer. And that's okay um, but for myself, I just was able to somehow take it and look at it as you know, we Can overcome this and this is gonna help in the long run where lisa is able to let all that off her chest And once again, I don't want to get too religious, but everybody wonders what happens in the next life. Well, I think that if she had the opportunity to forgive others, which she eventually did, which was awesome, and if I'm willing as an imperfect person to forgive her, who knows what happens later in life, Um, later in the next life, you know? I it just, I don't know. It's really hard, but it's very, very much... The hardest experiences bring bring the hardest but best blessings.
1: I mean, it's kind of nice to think that she's not struggling anymore. Yeah. As far as we're concerned, right? Yeah. And that's that must be definitely a part that's calming. Mm. That she doesn't have to worry about that anymore, and I feel like maybe she can be more of a help now, and more of an example and a motherly figure now. Yeah. Then she could be while she was here with those yeah. different trials and stuff
0: yeah and I, one really really deep thing that i thought about was just like for me for example just just tie it back to that my earlier situations i shared those challenges that i went through those challenges are what helped me in the long run overcome things that without them i couldn't And so it's almost as if this challenge did help her overcome things that without the challenge, she couldn't have. Just in a more drastic way. Yeah, exactly, which is very, very unfortunate and and obviously very sad and Mm -hmm. a terrible experience. But it's, I don't know. This time that we have now is just, all I'll say is it's just short. And so once again, I emphasize this a lot now, (laughs) but life must go on it's life must go on i don't want anybody to be in that situation and obviously in her circumstances she wasn't necessarily in that situation either it was a totally different person and mentally we have no idea where she was at and it seems as if she was very far and so life really must go on we need people on the earth and we you know people need moms and they need support and Whenever people are struggling, we need to be there for them because there are such awful situations. And that day, there was a lady that came and was with us the whole day from church. (laughs) Um, Also, like our bishop, he was here the entire day. And Mm. she came back later that night and helped clean everything up, just on her hands and knees, just with the family as we were all just morning and she just came and cleaned it all by herself and so So there's
1: no way you guys
0: could have gone up there yeah not a chance Mm -mm. and so just i don't know it was ladies like that and experiences like that that kind of made me realize like i need to be that for other people at times and these experiences as hard as they are and as hard as they've been they are preparing me to be that person for somebody else and uh i don't know i don't know what else to say It's very sacred, and so I don't... It's like, that's very, very much tip of the iceberg of that experience, very, very much tip of the iceberg. But I appreciate you sharing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a traumatic experience, not as much for you, since you had kind of distanced yourself from your family, as unfortunate as it is. Yeah. But it is very humbling to know that and that you have come to terms with it, and you have seen the positive in the super negative. Obviously, that's not an ideal situation. Um, just curious, kind of post all of this, like the months after that, hmm. um, kind of continuing. Because now we're getting kind of more current date. What? How did that experience change? Like, cause we're at this time. You have had a little bit of money in your pocket now. Just had a good Christmas. You're in school. Then this hits you hard. It's like your ebbs and flows. You're talking about. You're not necessarily at at a low, but it kind of wavers a little bit there. Yeah. What kind of continues after that? Hmm. Well, it was actually really big. All all of it. <laughs> you got it. You graduated. I saw your post. <laughs> no my fake graduation post (laughs) funny (laughs) um that was
0: a lot later but uh at the time during that same time when all that was happening i was contemplating not going to school anymore because i didn't i struggled with school as far as like i just didn't i didn't have a direction and i'm not saying school's bad but there's things that I beef with, with schooling system,
1: like as, in college, we've talked. Yes, about. we've talked yeah a yeah. lot about this. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode on on our opinion <laughs> on the school system. <laughs> um, so I, I, I beef with a
0: lot of it. And then as well, I just didn't have a direction there. And so people that have a direction, it's obviously much better for them to... They progress easier and it's a little better, but I didn't have a direction, so I didn't want to... Anywho, so I remember... In fact, it was right before, I skipped this detail, right before Lisa had passed, um, me and that girl had broken up. And it was due to another situation with the, with Lisa. And it was another one of those experiences where God had kind of lifted me to a higher level and made me see things on a different perspective. And I was looking at mine my, my and this girl's relationship, and it just, I realized it didn't seem right. And that's when I made that decision. And so then I was girlfriendless and then that happened. Yeah. So it did, it did add up. But then later on that situation, she as well, and I commend her for this and her family too, just they very much wanted me to go to school and were like, you should go to school. You need to focus on school. And I just wasn't feeling that. <laughs> and I don't blame them for telling me that. That's a good, you know, normal they, thing had, to they, say. Had, great, yeah, they had very good intentions. Yeah. And, but I didn't. And after this experience is when I decided not to. And I remember, one, it was the week of finals when it had happened. And so now I have 10 tests I have to take within the next week (laughs) where my mom just passed away. Um, But thankfully, one thing that was cool for the school is I told them the situation. And pretty much all my teachers just waived it, which was really awesome. Um, And then I remember it was right then and there. I had this moment where... I don't know. When you hit rock bottom, God makes it clear because you're officially humbled. You can't go any lower than you're at. And God all of a sudden becomes important again, you know? <laughs> so Only in the lowest points. Exactly. Or like for you, for those of you who don't believe in God, I'm sure it's like a friend or something. You're all of a sudden you hit rock bottom. You're like, I should go talk to that friend again. <laughs> you're like, I need something. I have help. nothing and I need something. And so I paused and I'm like... I should go talk to God again. <laughs> and uh, I remember just thinking about the situation. And I prayed about it and talked to some family members about it. Talked to some uh, close people about it. And during the same time, I have a close friend who then offered me a job, um, in which I do today. Um, not at the same company, but I do the same job that he offered me. Um, and thankfully for better pay. And he offered me the second job, in fact, as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he offered yeah. this job, and I remember telling him no at the beginning. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I got school going on. Um, but then that whole c- circumstance was going down, and I remember just calling him being like, hey, I want a job. And so I had this crazy experience, and now that I work where I do, like 100% inspired by the man above to to, to let me know that this is where I should be.
1: And So did you choose – a job over school. Or are you still doing that?
0: Yes. So yes. So yeah. That's when I was like, I'm done with school, and I decided okay. not to go to school, and then I took that job and quit my other job. So now I'm working this job full time, and it's a big boy adult job. And working there did really well. Um, at law at Log I Me, in. you guys ever heard? They're not sponsoring this, but they will one day. Um, <laughs> but uh, words. <laughs> um. I worked there and did really well there. And then the guy who offered me the job moved companies a couple of months later, he called me again <laughs> and said, come on over. <laughs> and so got Jeez. me another job, which is a little bit better. And, uh, so I don't know on the outside. I don't want people to ever, I mean, I'm sure people do, but like they look and they're like, you know, Monson's doing decently well for himself. He's got a good job and good people around him. But those things came through a lot of trials and I'm very grateful for those trials because they made me make decisions that were very hard for me to make. And so when you're going through challenges in life, I, I think the best thing is to look at, okay, what is this, how does this, is this going to affect my life in the positive? Because um, obviously you already can see the negative. You already know what the negative is. You're living the negative. <laughs> when you're in the challenge, you're living the negative. So you don't need a question. How oh, mm-hmm. is this negatively going to affect my life? What do you mean? You already know. It's right there in front of you. But how is this positively going to affect my life? And from there, I was able to get that job, no longer go to school, which saved me so much money. And then I worked a better job, which made me a lot more money. Yeah. And then, because I was only working after work, I could come here to this house and be with my little brother and talk with my dad and spend time with them. And these crazy blessings came from that. And, you know, we're still a little messed up and by a little I mean a lot of- <laughs> we got a lot of problems in the fam still and you know there's challenges but at the end of the day so many people uh, I don't even know what I was about to say I just kind of blanked out but at the end of the day those challenges are what made that possible and mm-hmm. now it's giving me this perspective and suicide is something that I had dealt with people who had attempted before in my life um, family members but I had never had it actually happen um, And so now there's a whole Different world of people That I can Directly connect with um, And suicide is Awful thing and the rates are increasing Every year which is awful mm-hmm. um, Just due to a lot of problems And social, and social media. media Plays a huge role in it um, But yeah it just it's, it's a terrible thing but now Because of the situation I have an opportunity to help others and to i say that so many times it's just so funny that the awfulest experiences turn into opportunities to help and now i can connect directly with people who have faced suicide or have faced death in their family or have faced family problems it's like i have this now to bless them and once again that knowledge alone it just makes the whole experience in all respects the whole experience worth it And for me, I believe that one day, who knows, I can see her again and so on and so forth. And I believe she's 100% in a better place and is happier than obviously being sick and ill on earth and just, I don't know. Life is, life is, it's got a way of humbling you. You just have to roll with the punches and in the long run, you'll see the blessings that come with it. That's what I'll say.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, Monson. Um, Great story, very down-to-earth. I think we'll just kind of end it there. Let that soak in for you guys. Take care. Take care. Big kisses, everybody.